All right, we're here on the Fortune Kit stage at Woodstock 2020. Uh, and we're here for the 20th year and 10 month and something day anniversary of Woodstock 99. Maybe one of the most classic festivals in American history. Uh, me, Alex, and Dan are here with Ryan Katner, a.k.a. Honus Honus, a.k.a. the guy from Man Man. Hello. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. I have all these candles left over from Woodstock 99. <laughs> yeah. All these peace candles. Are they candles or are they just uh, water bottles that you've doused with lighter fluid? Yeah. <laughs> They're those as well. Yeah, that was one of the good anecdotes I saw earlier today that uh, someone threw a water bottle of urine at Carson Daly <laughs> during Woodstock 99. I, you know, I think there was a, a lot of bottles thrown at performers. As, as I did some research, I realized, oh, this person got hit with a bottle. That's cool. I mean, it's not cool to throw bottles at performers, but some of these guys maybe deserved it. That's true. Dude, if you remember getting hit with that bottle, though, you weren't really there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Kid Rock, uh, America's bad boy, uh, actually encouraged people to throw bottles uh, at him. And I was reading this, uh, I think it was a Rolling Stone, like 10 years later, recap of Woodstock 99. And they very charitably claimed that that action was like a comment on the price of water, which was $6. Yeah. Absurdly $6 a bottle in today's money. Cool. Kid Rock is known for being socially conscious. (laughs) He was one of the progenitors of socially conscious rap. Can I can I make a confession <laughs> to you guys? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've actually been to a Kid Rock concert. Like recently, or uh... no, no, maybe like over a decade ago. Uh, a buddy of mine was the editor of uh, the local uh, culture magazine, and he he asked if I would go with him, and I had nothing to lose. What was the experience like? It, well, I mean, it was about as amazing as you can think. Leonard Skinner had opened. Oh man. <laughs> and I don't, even, I don't even know who's who's a who's even original Leonard Skinner at that point. They didn't most of yeah, them most of them died in a plane crash. Yeah. I think it's like one guy. Yeah, and uh, Kid Leonard. Rock, he he had he had a lot of visuals playing behind him, and it, it seemed like something from a Whitney biannual. It it just seemed like a <laughs> a parody of American patriotism. I mean, it it, it, it had you know it had American flags. It had people drinking beer on the back of trucks. It had puppies, I think. Wow! And there were tons of Confederate <laughs> flags in the crowd. And this was in like in New Jersey, across from Phil, uh, Philadelphia in Camden. Was this pre or post nine eleven? This was post nine eleven. This is probably I would guess this is probably like two thousand eleven or something. I if I think so two thousand ten, and uh, yeah, we made it like four Kid Rock songs and then left. Reverend yeah. Run performed with him. <laughs> Mm. He was probably the only person of color there. But there was a lot of Confederate flags on the lawn. It was really strange. This would have been like post 9-11, but like po- also post Tea Party too. So, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But pre-mega, so. You know Mo Tucker is Tea Party? Yeah, sadly. Yeah, it's so depressing. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, the drummer from Velvet Underground. Oh. Yeah. That was well, so they're all ridiculous. insane. Like Nico was not. Uh, she had some sus beliefs. Like uh, Thulean black magic, or uh... <laughs> no, some stuff about certain uh, ethno-religious groups. Like uh, Protestants. No. Uh, like the Stooges. No, like <laughs> uh, the 
Catholics. So, Let's see, what did she actually say? So mysterious. My friend actually was walking in New York once, and he, uh, uh, a car ran a stop sign, and he got thrown up on the hood, and he bounced off, and he was fine. But he was pissed off, and he looked at the driver, and it was Lou Reed. <laughs> and Lou Reed was, like, shaking his fist angrily and then drove off, like, hitting run style. <laughs> Not chill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to get hit by someone, getting hit by an angry Lou Reed's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a good story. The, the first festival I ever played was uh, All Tomorrow's Parties in Long Beach. Uh, Modest Mouse, I think, was headlining one of the, one of the days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd never... I'd been to a festival, but I'd never played one. And we rolled up like just in a, we were just like totally disorganized and didn't know where to go. And I think most of us were pretty drunk already. And I wandered over to the catering tent and Lou Reed was there. And I ended up talking to him about the, about the Wolf Parade record that we were making. <laughs> and he was really, really nice. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And Is that then, when you set the Queen Mary on fire? Yeah, yeah. We, that was later that night. But um, but then he played later in the day, and it was one of the most disappointing, like heartbreakingly bad sets I've ever seen. Dude, yeah, like later in his life, he couldn't really stay on pitch and stuff. I mean, I guess he never could, right? <laughs> but he didn't like, really care though. That was yeah, the yeah, style. yeah. Originally, that was, that was it was coolness. on purpose. For sure, exactly. Yeah. I, I, that's what I like about playing those big festivals is you just really get mixed up with people like that. Like I remember playing Bonnaroo, and halfway through our set, I was like, "Is that Bruce Hornsby side <laughs> stage watching us play?" I only recognized him because I had just seen uh, that Robin Williams movie, like World's Greatest yeah. Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, backstage in the artist area, like we passed each other. And I looked over my shoulder, and he looked over his shoulder at me, and he just mouthed the words, you guys were fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's cool. I skipped through your section of Woodstock 94 when I was a kid on the VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> Did he play Woodstock 94? He played Woodstock 94, yeah. Shit. I didn't mean for that to be a segue, but with, there we are. Did he play with the range or just solo? It was Bruce Hornsby and the whatever, whatever his band was. The range. The range, yeah. I, I I was unaware of who Bruce Hornsby was. I mean, he's 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 a very talented guy, and uh, at that point, I just recognized him from that movie and from the VHS tape of Woodstock '94 of me fast forwarding through his section. One time, I listened <laughs> to a second Bruce Hornsby song, and it sounded exactly like his first one. The way it is, the yeah. First one, yeah. He's 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 a very talented musician, you know. And he was cool. He, he watched our whole set, and it was probably like 103 degrees. So maybe his, ba- his brain got baked. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were fucking wild. Who am I? <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> I think like Woodstock 94 gets glossed over in the cultural imagination. Like uh, the original and 99 are such like titanic cultural events that 94 barely registers anymore. 94 was almost redundant because you had... Um, Excuse me. What was, what was the one Perry <laughs> Excuse me, sir. 94 had Shannon Hoon wearing a dress. Oh, yeah, I've seen singing that. Singing Soup. It had Primus. Uh, that's when I first heard My Name is Mud. Green, it had Green Day getting covered in dirt from the crowd throwing mud at him. It had a nice. Jackal. First time I saw Chainsaw on stage. Jackal. It had less rapes. <laughs> Then I think 99 and 69. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, fair enough. The lowest uh, sorry, level. I, the lowest. I've got no horse in any of the Woodstock races here. Uh, the funny thing about Woodstock '69 um, is that when I watch this old concert footage, I always look at the crowd because I wonder. Because, you know, they, they always edit it like the crowd is, like, going crazy and just dancing around and moshing or whatever. And and all the old, like, most old concert footage, the crowd is just doing what they do now. They just stand there and stare at you. Yeah, Except absolutely. for, like, a couple of people up front, people just stare at you. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's so uninspiring. That might make 99 the most... Uh live and loud Woodstock. The, the most lit Woodstock. Yeah, because yeah, that's why I, I mean, think there's literally the a band called Lit that played it. And yeah. then everyone was fucking going crazy. Yeah. And they lit sets. it on fire. Yeah. They literally did lit, light it on fire. I yeah, I mean I I I think I'm in part of the camp of Woodstock ninety nine being the best Woodstock. Easily. It had the best lineup. <laughs> it had the most fires. It had the most barbed wire bicep tattoos. The best weed. The most expensive catering. Uh, and here's yeah. the thing, too. Like, even though uh, we were on a recent bonus episode talking shit on the doors, if you like the doors, they came out, their guitars came out and played with Creed at Woodstock 99. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. you still got those classic bands that you wanted to see. It's because uh, that dude man really believed that he was a second coming of Jim Morrison. The Creed singer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was That's like sad. full on, I'm Jim Morrison part two. Yeah, there was a, there was kind of a competition, like going through the footage, there was kind of a competition between him and Gavin from Bush to sort of take the mantle of the Lizard King at, at Woodstock 99. Gavin Rossdale had such amazing hot guy brain. <laughs> so many people were like, oh my God, dude, you're such a genius. And he would just do the stupidest shit and think he was like, he thought he was Jim Morrison because Jim Morrison had the same problem. Was the description of Wait. him in that long thread uh, basically like he's he's an anime hot guy? Like oh, that's yeah. true. He was wearing like a T-shirt with kanji on it in the Woodstock '99 set. Mm-hmm. Wait, Bush played a. Uh... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man, how did that escape my uh, my, my perusing the history of Woodstock '99? Also, uh, Canada's sweethearts, the tragically hip, um, relatively unknown in America, uh, also played Woodstock '99. Yeah, I saw a nice photo of a, a large maple leaf flag. Yeah, I to- I totally forgot that they uh, that they played that, and that was that was a huge cultural coup for Canada until, you know, the dust settled from the from the festival and all, and that Rolling Stone article came out about how many people got sexually assaulted. I mean, I feel like a lot of people probably got sexually assaulted at '69 too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, anytime yeah, you I'm have sure. tents, just no one reported on they it. They just didn't have a name for it yet. Yeah, anytime you have tents and drugs. And young people, you know. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> young people and old people and drugs and tents. And tell me of tents and drugs. I, ten- I, 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 I found a good description of like what it was like on the ground at Woodstock '99 from a from a blog called just called I ninety five, the home of rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, I'm not <laughs> sure which one of them wrote this, but. You know, it's like, it's kind of a love letter to this person's experience at Woodstock 99. And they said, uh, I was there and I know terrible things happened among the crowd of 400,000 people. I witnessed uh, none of them. 
I had what I considered to be the best weekend of my life, despite the oppressive heat and infrastructure issues. And then goes on to say, romanticism aside, I got to see my friend emerge from our tent with a poop log in a plastic bag. I saw some of the honey, funniest homemade drug dealer signs ever. They made signs advertising drugs that they were selling and wore them around their neck and screamed, I'm selling drugs. I saw a biker with his old lady smash in a tent next to us with the flap open. When they were done, they came out wearing no pants and offered us Doritos. It was breathtaking. This sounds like a horrible weekend. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like absolute dog shit. That sounds this is like disgusting. A, it sounds like a Bukowski poem or something. Yeah. It all <laughs> sounds like it smells. <laughs> yeah, oh, those yeah. people are like cosplaying the original Woodstock. Yeah. It's very visceral. Man, I started looking at the Woodstock 94 lineup, and I didn't realize what a weird like hodgepodge that one was. Because, ooh, I, well, I like this. Crosby, Stills, and Nash and John Sebastian played. Wow. I don't know who that is, but I don't know who John Sebastian is. He Neil did. Um, I think he did the Cheers theme, one of those <laughs> <Really>? things. <laughs> and he did. Um, Crossy he was in the Lo- and Slash. How come that's never happened? He was in the Love and Spoonful. <laughs> oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, yeah. Um, the band played a set with Hot Tuna and Bruce Hornsby. Hot Tuna, <laughs> man, Bruce is everywhere. Bruce yeah. is all over it. That was his weekend. Although I, I, I. I feel like that festival definitely created way too many uh, people playing slap bass. I think too many people saw Primus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember seeing Primus at uh, Lollapalooza when I was like 13 and uh, it just blowing my mind how fast that guy played bass. Oh, yeah. And um, set me back, I think, on my like uh, musical taste path for a good like year. I got re- oh no! Yeah, well, I, I got really into Primus, and then anything Primus adjacent, you know. I want to see um, the Dan today who followed that path forever. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, just me in a Chapman stick, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be in Behold the Arctopus, where he's just like shredding a million notes and not listening to the other band members. That's yeah, right. Woodstock '94. Looking at its, its roster, it's it's so uh, it's just so chill. Compared to Woodstock '99, yeah, there's Woodstock '99 so- is is monster energy drink basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem with '94. It was yeah, you had like Joe Cocker and all these old guys holding it down. We needed DMX, Limp Biscuit, like the next generation to really take it into the 21st century. But we had Bruce Hornsby. He was at '99. Yeah, was he really back again? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. He's on the stage with Everclear, Ice Cube. Uh, Los Lobos, Mickey Uh-oh. Hart, and Planet Drum, and the Chemical Bros. Oh, come on. <laughs> All at the same time? <laughs> oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I love um, Bruce Hornsby. I think the one thing I'm going to walk out of this experience with you fellas is like a real appreciation for him again. He's like the Zelig of uh, festivals. He's just. Yeah. He's, I, uh, in my research on Woodstock 99, I, I found out something pretty amazing, which is. Uh, so after Woodstock 94 was kind of a similar disaster as the original Woodstock, like bad infrastructure, uh, they didn't predict how many people were showing up, you know, it was kind of a shit show. The organizers decided to move it to a different location, which was Griffiths Air Force Base in oh, yeah. New York State. So I, I was reading about this Air Force Base because I, I recognized the name and 
the construction of it was overseen by James C. Marshall, and he was in charge of it for five years before he went on to develop the atomic bomb with the Manhattan Project. So, <laughs> then, so that as, like, as time goes on at this Air Force base, they're involved in basically every like, Air Force-related American imperial action of the mid to late 20th century. Like, they developed radar. They had a, the 416th Bombardment Wing of uh, Strategic Air Command was there, which flew missions dropping napalm and like explosives on Vietnam, probably during the time that Woodstock was happening, <laughs> Woodstock 69. Yeah. And uh, like it was home to NORAD during the, uh, during the Cold War. And then eventually in the early 80s, it had to be designated a Superfund site because it got, uh, the, all everything they were doing there essentially contaminated the groundwater to the city of Rome that's kind of around it. Uh, so like, no wonder so, they were selling bottles of water for like seven bucks, you know. Like I just, yeah, yeah. It's, the water got you high. Sol solvents, PCBs, like. Uh, but it's just, it's just kind of amazing to me that, yeah, the, you know, you're celebrating the spirit of like the the hippie movement of Woodstock, it, its biggest totem, and you have it at this absolutely fucking cursed site where they were testing napalm and refueling B thirty two bombers that were like dropping tons of explosives in Vietnam, you know, like. Uh, what town was it by? Uh, Rome. New yeah, York. I just realized that yeah. what this was, was it was like uh, Sublime, but it was Woodstock with Rome. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had Sublime uh, yeah. with Rome play Woodstock 2019. Do you guys remember they tried to do one last year and then canceled it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get on it. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I, I lobbied my booking agent. I was like, please. This is gonna be awful. I want to play. <laughs> what did you? Uh, what did your booking agent say? What was their What was their take on it? He was like, "Are you out of your mind? Why?" Fair question. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, I just thought it would be. I don't know. I thought it'd be bad. I mean, I think it'd be pretty. Yeah, it would have been pretty like funny to be there like i'm sure like you were saying of running into people at the show i'm sure you just run into weird shit yeah i wanted yeah. to be the two skinny jays or the full devil jacket <laughs> or uh what other bands on here have i never heard of before the pound <laughs> of woodstock 2019 the pound i'm looking at who was gonna headline it? it uh it was just a disaster it was like jay-z where they never even they never even booked the actual like they never got the license to use the site that they wanted. So they tried to move to a different state at the last minute. And then all the artists canceled. Cause they're like, no, you haven't even planned this. It out. was classic. Couldn't like, they just move find it, like, a different or... field. Yeah. Isn't it just an empty field? Basically. Oh. Yeah. And yeah, they but built the, the, the people stage. running it were just so incompetent. No, that, like, no. They just, I think there's I, only yeah. one of those in the state of New York. I think that, uh, if I, I could be completely wrong, but I think from my memory, one of the pitches, like one of the selling points of it was, the original guys from Woodstock 969. Yep. That's it. It's like, that was a nightmare. Yep. And they, I mean, a, that was a disaster. They've all been a disaster. I feel like 94 was lineup. the one that wasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. They had a falling and out right. with yeah, the. So the original guys got hired on by like whatever like weird marketing blob sprung from the ground to do Woodstock 2019. And then they had a like public falling out i think i remember watching this on social media like the original woodstock guys were like we're out we're not involved and then the other dudes were like no it's still going on like but they'd already didn't they sell tickets they had already sold they tickets. did yeah yeah 
I'm I'm looking on Wikipedia now, and uh, the artists were paid in advance, yeah. and oh they were selling God. tickets. It's fucking sweet. And, uh, then like that's once why it became I wanted clear to do it. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, well, but, our work here is uh, done. <laughs> it became clear that it was just a disaster. So once a few of the headliners dropped out, then everyone just dropped out. Yeah. They were going to have The Killers, Miley Cyrus, Dead and Company, Black Keys, Jay-Z, Imagine Dragons. Yes. <laughs> See? No thanks. See? That's why I yeah. wanted to be there. Yeah, with all the greats. Radioactive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I, I read on, a, I was reading on that Twitter feed about Woodstock uh, 99. One of my favorite quotes here was, that 99 was superior because when its attendees reach their 60s, they'll be able to cope with the fact that 20-somethings won't give a shit that they were there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Hard to agree with that. I think that's that. That's why I like 99 so much. I just like the yeah, chaos is... of 99. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a real... And when um... when I looked at photos from 99, yeah, I was just like, none of it, not, it, none of it looks cool. It just all looks like a mess. Yeah, it everyone just, looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, their style it was like is the bad. The low point of a certain kind of fashion. Yeah, the whole thing just looks yeah. like garbage. One of the funniest sets was uh, lit, where like uh, they were playing guitar with a dildo, <laughs> like a vibrator, <laughs> and um, they did like the Jimi Hendrix thing really half-assedly of setting the guitar on fire. Uh, it was all like again, it's like cosplay of the original Woodstock almost. But guys who have no style. Lit was one of those. Lit was one yeah. of those bands that formed in like 1978, and they didn't have a hit until <laughs> 1999. And then they never had one again. Yeah. They were <laughs> they're originally they're like around. a post-punk band from Sheffield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lit looks like one of those bands. Most of those bands look like bands that started the band because they answered one of those little tear-off sheets in a coffee shop. Like yeah. it's four dudes. <laughs> yeah. With there's no aesthetic to the look of the band except for the bass player and every single one of that band and every single one of the bands, they all have a goatees and look the same. Yeah. Everyone has like Guy Fieri hair back then. Yeah. Like yeah. The, they use so much hair gel and chokers. Yeah. And frosted, frosted tips, many, many frosted oh, hell yeah. tips and a wallet chains. We got to bring it back. It's, it's been like 20 years. Every fashion cycle lasts about that long. It's definitely coming back. It's a, it's someone will reconfigure this in a way that's, palatable for like uh whatever is left of music journalism after covid19 ends yeah i'm gonna try to um like preempt it i'm gonna start buying jinkos frost in the tips mm -hmm. and really just get out there first woodstock 99 is like it's like an interesting political moment you know like or just cultural moment where it's really like it's truly the end of the 90s like because it's the last year of the 90s but also because there's, I, I feel like there was this ambient vibe that things weren't working the way they were supposed to. You know, people weren't getting the things that uh, that they were being promised under under capitalism. So then you get this bizarre rupture of like just suburban white dudes mad at they don't even know what they're mad at, and that was the most popular sound and feeling of of, of that era. Like, and then nine yeah, and then nine eleven happens, and and like. All that anger is uh, just rerouted. Essentially. It's definitely the '90s thing to just be mad at all the wrong things. 
Yeah. Of I, we talked about this before, but like, man, I hate posers, man. Fuck posers. Yeah. Like, while at the same time we're selling the, out, <laughs> the Clinton administration had become basically just like the Reagan administration, but Democrats. Yeah. Like all the actual economic problems and stuff were starting to pile up, and deregulation and all this horrible shit. But like the the popular culture was just like, man, I fucking hate fake people and posers. <laughs> I'm so pissed at people who have less than twelve pockets on their pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw a, a bottle at Dexter Filkins from The Offspring. Do you do you think that Rage Against the Machine, do you think that Zach Della, Della what's, um, why am I spacing? Della Roca? Della Roca? Yeah, do you think that Zach Del Della, Ray. Della Roca? Zach Del Ray. Do you think he <laughs> yeah. was bummed Blonde out Del Ray's dad. That, his, uh, that his message was then co-opted by just all these bros? Because I feel well, like, it was, I feel like it was like clear. 99 is probably when, when his spirit broke. To have to look out at that crowd. And just be like, oh. that's a good question. I think you're probably right because I mean, those those aren't the people that he's trying to reach. And well, their biggest song was mostly just "fuck you." I won't do what you tell me. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, he probably I, should have been a little more specific. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I, I like it. I like him a lot, and it's and I felt yeah, I yeah, feel like yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like seeing that him on stage. You know, it's like bros ruin everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's t- but that's the thing. Like they made a choice to some extent to get to that level, though, where yeah. his message was only ever going to resonate with a certain amount of people who care about it. And if you make the choice to be like a major act at a dumb festival like that, you've already made the choice to have like a gigantic audience. That part of it is very stupid, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they were also why on a major label out, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I For can, sure. I could see the idealism of. Uh, you know, like if I'm being like 100% charitable, like I can see the idealism of rejecting like the sort of Fugazi mindset of playing in only spaces that you control, you know, and only for people who already are receptive to your message and then just getting on stage and hoping that it resonates with somebody, you know, Hope, yeah. hoping that yeah. it resonates with a broader group of people. But then it's it's really hard for that ever to work. <laughs> like, because like, what people are yep. hearing is just loud guitars and yelling, and then they, and, uh, you know, they're not maybe making a differentiation between that and, like, corn or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Such... The corn guys are all libertarians now. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> the politics of those bands is weird. Like, Limp Bizkit, I think, are just libs. Yep. I mean, they broke up, like, didn't. For a while, but they're back together. Yeah, they're back together now. But I think they broke up. When did they break up? In two thousand. It was like two thousand four. Yeah. So they, I, 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 so I'm gonna go on record here and say that it was uh, Woodstock '99. That 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 just that might have been the tipping point for uh, for Zach. Oh, you're yeah. talking about Rage Against the Machine. Machine. I'm talking about Rage Against yeah. Machine. Yeah. yeah. They broke oh, they up were in talking 2000. about Limp Bizkit. Oh, Limp Bizkit. I don't. They're not. <laughs> yeah, Rage Against the Machine was before that. Yeah. They should okay. So Rage Against the Machine should have replaced Zach De La Roca with Fred Durst and just kept going that way. I mean, they did Audio Slave afterwards. So I was just going to say, they pretty yeah. much did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was uh, Chris Cornell, R.I.P. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. R.I.P. It wasn't as bad as his work with Timbaland. I did not hear that <laughs> or know it existed. So. Oh, you got to check it out. He made uh, Dance Pop. Oh. oh, no. His voice was like at its worst. I don't know if he was smoking a lot or what, but he was like very raspy. Chris uh, Cornell? Yeah. Wow. And he just did songs with Timbaland. This was like 2011. Not oh, very wow, well I received. Didn't know that. Yeah, check it out. It's very good. 
It's Chris Cornell's one of those guys where like, well, I guess growing up, I did know like when it came to like Soundgarden, I knew like Black Hole Sun or whatever, but it took a while to realize that Soundgarden was actually legitimately good Yeah, because he was already kind of like off the rails by the time I was old enough to appreciate it. Yeah. I'm a big Kim Thayall fan. Me too. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, they were a great band. They had a lot of great riffs. Yeah. I mean, Matt Cameron is an incredible drummer. Mm Mm-hmm. And a bass player too, Ben, yeah, ben Shepard. Like that's just a oh, cla- yeah, yeah. classic example of uh, like everybody playing at the peak of their powers when they, when they were putting out like their first I don't know two or three records like EPs and two, first two records, three records, amazing. Totally, man. Amazing I, yeah, it's like I remember it's I'm, a well liked band, but they're still underrated. Like they should be regarded as like a classic. Yeah, band. maybe they'll get a maybe they'll get. Um, I can't even my joke. I can't even pull it together. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Adam Lambert to be their front person. That's, there you go. That yeah. seems yeah. to be the move. Uh, yeah. I, but I remember being in junior high and seeing Kim Thale at like an MTV Music Award or some music big music award ceremony, and he was just like dressed whatever and drinking Miller High Lifes. I think he had like a he had like a tall boy of of like beer, cheap beer. Like that's pretty cool. I I did a I did a recording project uh, last year with Tad from the band Tad. Oh, nice! Uh, and it was super super fun. But he was uh, he was talking about Kim Thale, their their friends, and he was like, "Yeah, Kim Thale is the session killer. Like, if he comes over while I'm doing a session, he kills the session. But not because he's like, not because he's a disruptive element." in a negative way he's just so nice and friendly and wants to talk to everyone <laughs> that, <laughs> that he totally derails like the session with positive vibes and i have to respect that how is tad's health uh he's doing great man that's good i remember uh he was the big guy right yeah he's a, he's a big fella yeah he was the inspiration for uh i think it was breed by nirvana it was originally called emodium because he had diarrhea so much when they were on tour. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm glad he's doing okay. I think he was not eating well back then. Yeah, no, he's he's doing he's doing great. And he's writing he's writing uh he he asked at the end of the session he was like, "Do you want to hear some of my new like solo material?" And I was like, "Yes, of course I do." Expecting he was going to play like metal or something like the more recent band he's been in. And he played this beautiful classical piece that he wrote in Contact and with like almost like terrifying Gregorian chanting underneath it. <laughs> it was oh, wow. awesome. not That's really what cool. I was expecting. Like, yeah, just very almost like like Bella Bartok, like really good shit. Cool. Did Tad play Woodstock 99? I'm looking. Mike Ness played. Oh, wow. Social D. Yeah. The best set was Elvis Costello. That's what I heard. That's where most of the deaths happened. Really? In the pit. Yeah. The pit was fucking crazy. (laughs) People just throwing each other around to Allison. Yeah. Uh, James Brown. I wonder what that was like. Not good, I would say. You watched it? No, I just, I I think anything after, any James Brown performance after like the mid-80s has got to be pretty rough, right? Yeah, he was just... Who the hell is They had to put him down seven years after that. His management is... just decided they were sick of him and murdered him. Who's Sticky Pistol? And Pistol is spelled weird. <laughs> it's like P-I-S-T-I-L. No clue. They don't even have a link. Stink Sticky Pistol. Oh, it's a, a <laughs> botanical term. 
That's yeah. right. Like it's a, like, like the so pistol and it's stamen. It's the penis of a flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's something good. On the emerging artist stage, it's almost all shit that no one's heard of, like Push Monkey. Yeah. But the only artist that really went on to do anything there is Muse. Yeah. Well, I mean, Push Monkey were featured on seven, uh, season seven of Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> Stick. <laughs> Sticky Pistol put out a record in 1999 called Hi-Fi Superfly, and the singles were Cowboy Funk, Everything is Possible, and All That Scratching. Wow. There were a lot of really bad band names in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. I found a lot of them in uh, the CD rack at Goodwill. You'll find a lot of CDs from bands from 1994 that were somehow on a major label, but they never had any singles or anything. And their name is always like Crud or Sponge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Crud uh, with a C backwards. <laughs> maybe like a few weeks ago, uh, Nick posted on Twitter some CD that was like uh, music inspired by Crash Bandicoot on PlayStation 1. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I could just imagine the whole emerging artist stage from Woodstock 99 could have been that uh, track list, you know, the Scoldies, Super Suckers, like all the all these like has been weird things. The yeah. Super Suckers, they were on Sub Pop. They sure were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were they really? Eddie Spaghetti. Yeah. They were. They were part of Sub Pop's weird pivot in the late. It would have been around this time, but I don't know if you remember when when probably right before you guys signed a Sub Pop. Like Sub Pop went through a bizarre like hard rock stooges phase where like black halos uh zen gorilla i think oh yeah zen gorilla like just like hard rock pre-glam hard rock was was what you wanted to sound like if you were in a hardcore band but didn't want to play hardcore anymore yeah i I, see i wanted to be the scoldies of uh 2019 uh, Woodstock. <laughs> I wanted someone to look at the list like, who the fuck is man? Man? <laughs> man? Yeah. Man, man? <laughs> man, I'm just here to see Miley Cyrus. What is all this bullshit on here? Chili Peppers, my boys. I think that's when it all went down, right? That's when the fire started. Yeah. yeah. And Flea was just completely naked. And they also It looks like he's wearing a skeleton suit. Like it's a kind of an homage to uh um to what's his face? Is it Intwistle or like yeah, who, yeah. The who was there too? Was it the guy in the who, the bass player in the who? John Anderson. Yeah. 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 He used to always wear a skeleton suit, right? Wait a minute. He was on the emerging artist stage. John Entwistle. <laughs> <laughs> John Entwistle. He, he died Jr. less than three years later. He didn't emerge much. I think what's fucked up to me about um, the idea that they were gonna do the Woodstock 2019 is that. Um, I wish it happened so that everyone could have done their homages to Limp Biscuit and to DMX and stuff. Like it would have been awesome to see Miley Cyrus, uh, you know, try to do like the Wyclef set where he showed up 15 minutes late and barely did anything. You know? <laughs> that DMX set looked really f- fucking awesome, actually. Definitely. Yeah, people were yeah. actually way into that. Yeah. yeah. He had him going crazy. But the Wyclef one was the opposite where he showed up really late. His sister was singing for a while before he showed up because, like, there was nothing to do. They had to fill the And then space. he was like, yeah. And then he was like, you guys like Nas? And everyone's like, yeah. And then he didn't bring out Nas. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to set his guitar on fire and he couldn't set it on fire. Yeah. That's pretty so cool. Good. That's so good. That's kind of like the like, Fuji way, though, right? Doesn't Lauren Hill, like, make people wait 
like oh. five oh, hours. Oh yeah, she. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah, such a, people a keep buying tickets to her shows. It's a great troll. You think it would stop working after a while? People would stop buying like a hundred dollar ticket it's, to see. It's because she Hill. does it so infrequently that you're like. What, if you got burned 10 years ago on it, you're like, what the hell? I'll buy a ticket again. She's not going to skip the show a sixth time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like DMX, but he, you know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of, a lot of issues. I'm, I'm, like, I'm looking through his down. arrest record here and it's, it's, I remember like after this, he was arrested for carjacking at the airport. Really? Oh yeah. He pretended to be a cop. Yeah. He also got in trouble for dogs, right? That's that's the thing. Yeah, that was a '99. That was it was. Okay. Uh, he had, he had like yeah. A, he has a very long list of stuff. Wow, but have you guys seen him sing "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer"? No, it's yeah, incredible. I have seen that. <laughs> it's incredible. We could probably do a whole DM. I know so much about DMX, man. Like all the latter day stuff, like that. Where there's some video of him um, at some theme park where you know, like the some theme parks they'll record you when you're on like the giant drop or whatever. So there's there's footage of him just with some stranger doing the giant drop, and he like gets so scared and he's like holding his jewelry and shit, and it's really funny. I mean, the thing about it is like DMX. I mean, he keeps it real. I mean, just looking at everything. I mean, some of this stuff is awful. All right, I'm all right. Back to what's ninety nine. His legal issues <laughs> page is back to so the wholesomeness long. of yeah. DMX is a Christian and he reads the Bible every day. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that was his thing cool. when he was trying to make a comeback was that he was going to do a gospel double album, and I'm pretty sure that never happened. Would he still be screaming? I, th- I don't know. That's why it was interesting what was going to happen, but oh. I don't know if he's finished an album in, you know, how many years? Ever. Oh, yeah, Everlast. This was like when his first solo record came out, right? Why Four Sings yeah. of Blue? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a weird time in music. Jamiroquai. Oh, boy. I remember him. Sunny. Wait, did Jamiroquai play Woodstock 99? Yeah. Man of many hats. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, Large hats. Yeah, literally. Man, Bruce, Bruce Hornsby played more Woodstocks than he had hits. Man, Bruce Hornsby, he might be my spirit animal. <laughs> Is he, like, the most frequent Woodstock guest? He just has, like, the sweetest face. I mean, just look at his smile. He's he's. There's so much life. I think... Alex, that question is going to be answered by, did the guitarist from The Doors show up at Woodstock 94? Because Bruce Hornsby did, but did he? I can't think of a, a Doors guitar part. Uh, they're, the, they're bluesy. Except for the solo from uh, The End, which is bluesy with kind of a, with kind of like a raga flavor. <laughs> Did you guys in, in, in your doors uh in your doors one, did you guys have a debate who who's better? Uh Jim Morrison or uh or uh, Val Kilmer? We we actually did talk about that. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, uh my vote is for Val Kilmer. Easily. Val Kilmer yeah. is Val Kilmer is the real Jim Morrison. And I I, I agree. I first saw Val that Kilmer's movie. dad never started a war. That's right. Val Kilmer's dad yeah. <laughs> uh, wasn't in charge of the battle group that did uh, the Gulf of Tonkin. So one Vietnam yeah. to zero Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Val Kilmer. Actually, hold on. I just found out uh, Val Kilmer's dad was Adolf Hitler. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to revise that one. Uh, spelling is different. Kilmer and Hitler are almost the yeah. same. Yeah. Ooh, at Woodstock 99, Liars Inc. played. I wish that was the band Liars. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that when I first saw it. 
<laughs> what else here, guys? Ben Lee. That seems like an odd fit. He's a nice guy. Why the hell was he playing Woodstock 99? <laughs> no. It's, I, He's I mean, like a sweet guy. <laughs> I feel like Woodstock 99 is kind of the beginning of the like lack of curation in festivals. You know, <laughs> like the sort of let's throw all of this into yeah. the blender. Let's put insane clown posse before George Clinton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, Ryan, if you had played Woodstock 2019, people would look at that bill and be like he's such a nice guy why was he playing with all these <laughs> exactly these artists? i hope so <laughs> Jeez, uh i see live was playing oh, you know yeah. it, it wasn't until years later that i think their big song was like a pro-life song right live Sorry, yeah. they were Open? uh lightning crashes yeah but i think yeah. that song is pro-life maybe i think it's anti-abortion sounds- is that the? Is this that, a hot take? I don't know. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, just don't, I, don't I don't think I know the song. Yeah, they're Christian rockers, think, and, I, and I, I years later I realized that. Wait a minute, is this like a pro-life song? Are we t- are we talking about the uh, "Heaven Let Your Light Shine Down" song? The with no. with the refrain. It could be like, yeah. other thing. It could be um, the Verve Pipe, Freshman. Also, uh, Goo Goo Doll Slide. I don't know if those were really like pro-life songs, but there were a lot of like uh, pop alternative rock singles in that era about guys whose girlfriend had an abortion and he was bummed about it. Holy crap. Just look at the (laughs) the lightning crashes single cover. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What What in the world? What is that? What what is happening there? There's like a bowl full of, is that afterbirth blood next to a black avocado oh my god yeah wow. yeah that's really like that was on the stores at coconut records or hmv or i don't know what the canadian equivalent is uh a and b sound <laughs> yeah there you go yeah like some kid was walking through there and saw that some he was like whoa that's badass that's fucking exactly look <laughs> at that guy's <laughs> eyebrows so, so much blood <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah, that should be that should be the next uh, dual. That should be the next Wolf Parade cover, and uh, that'll be the next Man Man cover. Yeah, absolutely. Just recreate it. <laughs> just the figure on the couch. Collaborate just, only on a cover and nothing to do with the music. The figure yeah, on the yeah. couch is facing a different way, and then when you put both covers together, it just forms the shape of a cross. Yeah. Yeah. Upside down cross. Upside down cross. Yeah. The guy from Live performed John Lennon's Imagine with Slash in 2003 at Peace on the Beach, a rally to protest the coming war in Iraq. I can't believe that Ooh, didn't so work. so now we have to like them. Oh, they're cool. I mean, they're from York, Pennsylvania. That's like uh, that's like Amish country. I'm, you know, I wasn't really a fan of Live. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it when I was, uh, I guess that would have been like early high school for me. I wasn't into it at all, but I was like, when I found out they were from York, uh, I was like, oh, whatever, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> that's my rallying like, um, cry for live. <laughs> <laughs> They're from the same place as peppermint patties. Like Woodstock 99, there's so much to say about it. We could talk about it forever. But uh, Dan, you were saying how it's kind of also the end of an era of like, you know, even music by like 2002 or 2003 already looked pretty radically different than it did in 1999 where like, I mean, I don't know. I was thinking earlier of like 
the like instead of having like DMX or something, you would have Lil John by like 2003, which is a different vibe entirely. Like yeah, and that, and rock music, you know, like the Strokes and all that shit kind of changed things in rock music. Like everything was very different. Yeah, the Strokes record coming out, I think, was sort of like drew a line between that, and then you know maybe White White Stripes too. Like yeah, absolutely. That yeah, the whole culture had shifted, but I mean those that energy and that anger was still around. It just got it just got kind of. It went to blogs. It went to blogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. If know? Zach De La Roca just stuck with it, he could have uh, weathered the storm of like bro rock dominating. But I, I like that he he like took a break. You know. Oh, I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, probably. yeah. He lives. I, th I think he lives yeah. near me. Actually, apparently, he goes to the the burger place around the corner from me. Well, real anti capitalist of him. Oh, it's eating it's, a it, It's a mom and pop spot though. Owned by a Filipino guy. Um, Zach De La Roca is like, I think that guy from Man Man uh, lives in the same neighborhood as me and goes to that burger place that I do. <laughs> oh, I wish. No, I, you know, I, I feel like festivals moving forward, I, it, you know, it, I just, they just kept on getting infected by like whatever the phase of music was. The same way that Woodstock 99 was. Yeah. Where it was just a lot of like rock rap. Uh, you know, there was, there was the whole, uh, we're, we're Americana, but we're from Britain. Let's jump on trains with our banjos. Yeah. 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 That like just kind of went on for like ever. It's interesting. Cause I think festival culture still sucks as much as Woodstock 99, but music itself, uh, kind of diversified and became like in the two thousands, there was no longer any like big hegemony among like a couple big artists. Like music like splintered so many different directions that like music in the two thousands was better, but festival culture became just as shitty because there's so few major festivals that it's always just like a weird cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty environment kind of. It felt like it was starting to swing back in the past year or so, because it seemed like for the past I don't know, six or seven years, it just became all DJs in EMI and like, yeah, electronic dance music. Yeah, totally. Yeah. DM. It's cheaper to produce. Yeah. Yeah, and it's more fun to do drugs too, I guess. It's if true. you're like 21, you know, or 18 or. Yeah, I think festivals. Or got, Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. <laughs> festivals got a lot more niche in the last, like, I don't know, two or three years. I feel like stuff like uh, Pickathon in uh, just outside of Portland and. Um, yeah, even like Levitation in Austin. That's exactly what I was like, going to bring up, dude. That's the only festival I looked. At, I look at the lineup. I'm like, damn, every artist rocks. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think those are definitely a reaction to the kind of corporate festivals that spun out of stuff like Woodstock, Woodstock '99, which was sort of filling the gap after Lollapalooza fell apart. And there was a. I, I mean, Ryan, you probably remember this, but like, the interim period was either really good for like smaller non-commercial bands like like Wolf Parade, for instance like you could go play Coachella but then you'd also get a paycheck for playing I don't know something called the Download Festival in Boston I played that yeah right <laughs> where you'd yeah. play, where you'd share a stage with like minus the bear but also Snoop Dogg you know like it was just... I also played with Snoop Dogg at the Firefly Festival there you go yeah nice yeah there was this just weird sort of mashed up time uh the, the, like pre-edm uh but post woodstock 99 where no one knew what they were doing <laughs> programming yeah it was, was it was fun i mean yeah. i feel like it had the spirit of like a woodstock 94 
Yeah, yeah, trying to bring that Woodstock 94 energy back. Yeah, yeah, it had that Woodstock 94 energy, but then now it's like the new version of Woodstock 99. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I think my main takeaway from this episode is that actually Woodstock 94 might be the best one. And Dude, uh, go watch Blind Melon play Soup. (laughs) That's my jam. I have to now. That is my jam. Like uh, that Mud 5 with... With Green Day, I mean that is punk in its spirit. That's right. Kill your idols. They'll like pelt yeah. them. I just um, searched through the Woodstock 2019, like the list of artists that were gonna play, and Bruce Hornsby was not on it. Uh, Fuck that, man. I'm not into that. What? And I'm looking at this. There were two other Woodstocks. What? What the hell what? is Woodstock '89 and Woodstock '79? What is? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> Uh, Woodstock 79 was a rock concert at Madison Square Garden. Okay. 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 So that I, doesn't count. I thought maybe Woodstock you 89 from reality. was a rock concert as well on the side of the original Woodstock. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Existed. And it had the forgotten like 89. <laughs> the forgotten Woodstock. Wait, so those are just individual shows and not festivals? Can yeah, you guess- just. Oh, man. This sounds so bad. Uh, <laughs> Wavy Gravy played. With the Woodstock All Stars, which featured Al Hendricks, father of Jimi Hendrix. Ooh. Oh, which one? Woodstock '89. Woodstock '89, man. Yeah. Sounds, oh yeah. The forgotten Woodstock. Oh, that's so. What's cool, Woodstock owned? Snow Nine. What is this shit? What? The Heroes of Woodstock tour. It featured Jefferson Starship, Big Brother, Canty. Ten years after. I was thinking a lot about Jefferson Starship the other day. I was imagining a guy whose favorite band is Jefferson Starship. <laughs> and he doesn't like Jefferson Airplane or Starship. He just Who did We Built This City on Rock and Roll? That's Starship. Starship. That's, uh, that's like one of the first songs that like weaseled its way into my little head when I was a kid. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's not a bad song. Would you song. say that your favorite band to this day? Oh, definitely. Definitely not Jefferson Starship. <laughs> But uh, that was a, I mean, those are all talented guys. I, I recently went kind of in a YouTube hole tracking the history of Jefferson Airplane to, to Jefferson Starship to Starship. I don't know why. It they didn't have very many original members. And they were all super old, too. Grace Slick was born in 1938. Whoa. I learned that recently. Oh, wow. What? So she was, she, yeah, she was 47 when We Built This City came out. Whoa. Respect. Especially since she, like, she went hard. She partied. She did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like she, she's one of those rockers who probably doesn't have any nose cartilage. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> got, like, a Michael yeah, Jackson nose. It. I remember Canned Heat from the original Woodstock. I really got into them. What is Hot Tuna? Oh, Hot Tuna, yeah. I've heard is it of like them. a jam band, maybe? I think they were, yeah. I think they're part of the, the, the dead scene. Um, at Woodstock 89, Good Morning America broadcast live from the show and interviewed Wavy Gravy on the air. I hope it was Al Roker. Who's Wavy Gravy? He's the He was like one of the uh, the MCs and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, hippie persona and countercultural uh, icon there. He was cool. like a uh, hanger-on with the Grateful Dead, I think. Kind of like their hype guy. He's uh, way his uh, in his Wikipedia page. He's wearing a Keep Austin weird shirt and eating ice cream. He's not from Austin. No, he's from he's from. New Does York. he even live there? <laughs> <laughs> that, 
That's a pretty good bit is uh, wearing like keep Austin weird or keep Portland weird <laughs> shirts <laughs> and never having been there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep it weird uh, in case I go there. I like that. I want it to not be weird. In his personal life section of Wikipedia, there's one line that says he was briefly married to a, quote, French woman in the early 1960s. The marriage ended in divorce. A French woman. Yeah, French woman with a capital F, one word, French woman, no hyphen. (laughs) That narrows it down. (laughs) What is that? That is... uh, That's amazing. (laughs) That's some old-timey, weird, racist uh, typography there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Man... I'm so sad that Woodstock 2020 isn't happening right now. Damn coronavirus. This, is, this, this podcast is Woodstock 2020. I'm declaring it right now. If that could be Woodstock 89, just this shitty show no one remembers, this is Woodstock 2020. Yeah, I'm the scoldies. Um, what, 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 you know, I love playing Canadian festivals, Dan. Those oh, are my yeah? favorite. Yeah, which, yeah, because uh, which Canadian We festivals? somehow always get shoehorned into one of two kind of festivals, and I, I, and I love it. We either play some like hippie fest, like yep. Evolve or something. Okay. Or like or we Sh- play like Shambhala. folk festivals. Oh yeah. We like like the uh, Calgary Island. Is that uh, what is the yeah? We uh, something Sled Island. Sled, Sled Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. Sled yeah, Island. We, Sled Island's great, man. I love. Yeah, that we festival. played that a couple times, and it's fun because we're always like the loud band. Yeah, yeah. I played that. I played that with operators and with handsome furs and it's always like it's always a blast and actually funnily enough a few years ago calgary tried to start a campaign that was like keep calgary weird but Mm -hmm. it just didn't take because yeah it's it is uh did you guys have to do a jam session no are you thinking of dawson city no it was it was on it was in Where's Banff? Is that Calgary? Mm, that's yeah. That's just just by Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, so it was, it was a folk. I think it was Sled Island. It was a folk festival, but one of the preconditions for it, and this actually happened at two separate folk festivals we played in Canada, is we had to have jam sessions. Mm-hmm. Like we did our own set, <laughs> and then we had a jam game. with like other bands on stage, but we could pick who we wanted to jam with. So yes. we jammed with DJ Spooky. <laughs> Uh, uh, Annie from St. Vincent and, oh, nice. and, uh, and like one, like one of the, I'm, I wish I could remember what they were called. It wasn't, it wasn't Tanarwin, but it was like the other band. Right. Right. And it was, uh, it was weird because, uh, the Tanarwin band, they, they only played all the songs, all the songs were in one key. So you're, <laughs> that's good for jamming because it's easier to yeah yeah out. so yeah. all the songs are in one key uh annie didn't want to like shred her voice and she was headlining later which i totally got yeah and then you know dj spooky was you know it was it was it sucked i mean it was fun but it's it totally sucked yeah. and then we that's did hilarious one, dude of like what's up it's just like an all-star game for a sport where like in the nfl all-star game no one wants to really play very well because they'd rather play real games yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like in, it's just like that if i'm not going to use my voice for this right? and we were all just humor we were humoring it because we had to do it but none of us really like we weren't gonna like just jam it's, <laughs> like, it's really key, un- guys it's really uncomfortable too because like you, you know it's sort of I had to do that with Handsome Furs at Wolf Island uh, Fest, which is kind of a folk fest, but also kind of like indie rock. It's a great festival, but they do this jam thing. And, you know, like Handsome Furs is basically, you know, two sequencers, a synth, and then a very loud guitar, like electric yeah. guitar. 
and screaming, you know, and yelling. Mm-hmm. And then we we got paired up with some local mu- like folk musicians, and <laughs> it was just yeah. I don't I, like the idea that every musician is going to be like, all right, guys, watch me for the changes, you know, like. I don't know how to fucking jam with people. Like, I can kind of do it, but... That, yeah. I, Dude, I want to <laughs> see Jimi Hendrix and Bruce Hornsby having a jam with Lit and Fred Durst on stage at Woodstock 2020. Yeah. that's a It's a boomer thing. The jam thing is, like, is a boomer thing, I think. Where they're like, yeah. wouldn't it yeah. be amazing if uh, Pete Townsend uh, played with Carlos Santana? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we, we did one festival where we jammed with a couple other people, and I remember Frank Turner. Yeah. And, like, Frank, Frank, oh, yeah. yeah, Frank's awesome, but it it was it was another one of these weird things where, like, none of us really wanted to do it, but there's, like, a ton of, you know, like, dads and stuff watching us. So I had to take a solo on my keyboard, and just so you guys know, I cannot solo on my keyboard. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to do, like, a, some bullshit blues solo. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I set my keyboard on a uh, on a on a doo-wop vocal setting, so it was just like the vocals like do 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 do, and I did a solo in that setting. <laughs> Hell yeah, that rules. And uh, yeah, I think Frank and I are friends for life because of that. Good. Dude, that's the thing is like unlistenable. At least that way people are gonna remember it. If you just played some like stupid shit that's like generic blues crap, <laughs> no one would remember you did it. But by doing that, you actually created a moment that people at least fucking remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> what key is this in? D? Okay, I'll hold the D for like a minute. Of awesome. do. Do, do, do. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't know. I think we explored the majesty of Woodstock here. I th- and what, um, what have we turns learned? Out Woodstock's all about the jam, actually. I think there needs to be more jamming at Woodstock uh, in the future. The next time someone tries to ill-advisedly revive it. Dude, imagine Country Joe McDonald on stage at the same time as Creed featuring <laughs> the guitarist from The Doors. Dude, I want to see the guy who wrote E-I-E-I-O <laughs> fucking playing with Monkey from Corn and fucking Dead Mouse. Dude, that'd be crazy. I mean, I feel like um, it's not a Woodstock unless... Bruce Hornsby is there. Yeah, that seems to be the common denominator of a Woodstock. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have a Hornsby. Yeah. You gotta have Coming the Hornsby. Coming soon, Hornstock. It's gonna have all the good things about Woodstock, but none of the bad ones. Right. Imagine Bruce Hornsby, Carlos Santana, Joe Bonamassa, and Jeff Dunham singing through the racist puppet. And Ryan Katner, a.k.a. Honus Honus, yeah. <laughs> on keyboard soloing. Yeah. Back by Jaco Pistorius. <laughs> the you got any of. tasty blues licks? Play some tasty blues licks <laughs> with some creamy um, tone. Dude, I'm so mad that you didn't get booked for uh, Woodstock 2019. I'm protesting that canceled festival now. Yeah. They need to do it now. As, as, I, look at, as I look at this 99 roster again and I, I see Everclear, it reminds me of uh, the first concert I took my brother to. Um, I was back from college. He was, I think, probably in like fifth grade or I don't know, whatever. He was young and my dad had to take him. So I took him instead. And it was uh, Fastball, Marcy's Playground oh, yeah. and Everclear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and, I, and I thought like, oh, Fastball. I mean, they were, I, I thought they were pretty good. And Marcy's 
playground was all right. And then I've never had more pride for my brother than when I looked over at him during Everclear. And it was, a, it was like everyone was standing, but there were also seats. It was a theater. And he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he was fast was asleep. And I was so proud of him. <laughs> the little guy was all tuckered out. Yeah. But now in, in, in hindsight, when I see the success of Everclear, I mean, how old was he when Everclear broke? I feel like he was like... He was older, right? It gives me hope. Because <laughs> I, I feel like he was in his 40s when that band broke, right? Maybe. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I, the older I get uh, and and uh, the, the the more my band just remains a cult band for eternity, <laughs> I, I, I keep, uh, you know, I look to the uh, the Everclears of, of my past or uh, the Butthole Surfers and hope that there's a fluke in my life. So here's what I'm thinking is we missed the 50th anniversary of Woodstock now, uh-huh. but at the 100th anniversary, you're going to break out. It's going to be like, you're going to headline Woodstock 100. You're going to be, I don't know how old you'll be, but another uh, 49 years from now. So you'll be up there, but I think you're going to have your Everclear moment. You'll be playing mostly Bruce Hornsby covers. <laughs> yeah. I think my I think my skin at that point will be definitely it'll be clear. Yeah, I'll be a translucent. And that's part of the draw is like, yeah, this you got to fucking see this guy. <laughs> He's so old. You can they set and when me you out. hear the record, you can't get like the experience of seeing this like decaying <laughs> translucent man. And then I, I want to be the closer, and I want to hand out peace candles, and I want them to burn me on sight. <laughs> <laughs> In a giant Viking funeral made of uh, water bottles. Yeah. Yes. And that is, yeah. And that exactly. is how they I want to go. Off into the water. That's how I want to go. Woodstock, 100th anniversary, <laughs> <laughs> on a pyre of burning water bottles. And uh, Bruce Hornsby's ghost is crying and uh, waving you off as yeah. you. As and you Baron Trump is giving my eulogy. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, President Baron Trump. And animatronic. Emperor Baron Trump. <laughs> He's now 25 feet tall. Yeah. He is so tall. He's bigger than his dad. He's I know. 12. And he's like 14. He's so large. He's a big boy. I think um, we not only kind of uh, solved how Woodstock should go, we also figured out your life trajectory, Ryan. So I think we accomplished a lot here today. Thank you. But what about you guys? Where are you going to be when Woodstock 100 hits? Uh, I mean, can we get on the guest list? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a Patreon feature uh, that I have to set up. uh. Yeah. (laughs) Can I headline? Yes. You can headline. Can you put DMX on the same stage? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Who else do you want? Dan's President definitely Baron on Trump's that stage. Trump's gonna have to pardon DMX. Hornsby, naturally. Dan's Dan's gonna be running the uh, the jam tent. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna be doing AV. I'll have my consciousness uploaded into a, a robot that's really good at doing sound and light. <laughs> that's 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 the dream, man. We're uh, teching teching Woodstock 100. I was there. <laughs> All right, anyone who's listening to this who's still planning to uh, be around for Woodstock 100. Get your tickets now in advance, and we'll see you there. Hands off the oh, mixing desk. Ryan, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. Thank you. I could do this every day. They got those long, long legs and those long...